0: Hello, all, and welcome to the 16th episode of the Ocean Decade Show, a podcast dedicated to guiding you down the yellow brick road of this global initiative to transform the ocean, housed within the American Shoreline Podcast Network family. My name is Taylor Gales, and I'm your host and tour guide on our adventure through the ocean decade. So during my time at the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration in the U.S. NOAA, I had many opportunities to Pretend, And that is in air quotes for everyone listening to be in communications for the ocean decade. Uh, As I went around and talked about the decade to different stakeholders within NOAA, different agencies, uh, you know, within the U.S. federal family, uh, people in academia, the private sector, nonprofits, you name the group, I probably tried to communicate with them about the decade. Uh, And then for the early career ocean professionals who we've had on uh, in different capacities lots of times, I even wrote a communications plan for that group. That's still being used now to guide uh, the efforts of that really amazing decade program. However, if there's one thing that I learned while pretending to be a communications professional is to leave it to the professionals (laughs) that uh, we can we can play at it. And I think a lot of people underestimate how difficult it is to communicate well. Um, But there are reasons why there are degrees and experts and job postings specifically for this. And it's because communications touches our lives every day. There are campaigns that we experience that influence our lives and we may not even realize it. Uh, And so before we got into the campaign that we're talking about uh, on this month's episode of the podcast, I wanted to dive a little bit into this sentiment, you know, some that we see and that influence our lives, but we may not even realize it. So related to the environment overall, not just the ocean in particular, one of the best, and by best, I mean worst, (laughs) campaigns that comes to my mind is the campaign that BP, yes, that BP, the oil giant British Petroleum, uh, did to invent the concept of the carbon footprint. Um, You've all probably seen a carbon footprint calculator at some point, a tool that helps you understand your individual climate footprint, <clears throat> your impact on, the, on the, the climate and the planet. Well, that campaign to popularize that was started by BP, in part to blame, uh, to move the blame for climate change away from fossil fuel companies and onto the individual, which uh, if, you, if you think about that, and if you hadn't heard that story before, um, we don't have time to fully really go into it now, but pause this podcast, Google it, and then come back to us. We'll be here. Uh, but I had a point in mentioning that. <laughs> it's that communications can sway people, and campaigns can really help rally people around an idea or a cause. And there's no greater cause I know in the ocean world globally right now than the Ocean Decade. So it's fantastic that today we're going to go over a new campaign that just launched related to the Ocean Decade, Gen Ocean. And uh, before I get into the really specifics of, of what it is and introduce my guests, I think a communications campaign uh, is really useful overall for the Ocean Decade because it remains, the Ocean Decade remains a highly technical <laughs> UN initiative that we're at this global scale, scale, Those there's multiple governance levels, there's a lot of players Um And There's a lot of moving parts and high-level conversations, which does not offer the easiest entry point to individuals not in the know, Um, that it can feel kind of like an other thing and isolating and you don't know where to start. And so the beauty of this campaign, this GenOcean campaign, is to bring it down, not down even, but bring it to the level of every person. That allows more easy entry points. It allows individuals and groups and different things to understand what the decade is and how they can help and contribute. Um, so the the mission of this Gen Ocean campaign uh, is to drive people to take simple actions in their daily lives toward restoring and protecting the ocean. They hope to grow awareness in the general public around ocean issues, communicated through people-led storytelling. They also aim to build knowledge and understanding in the general public of ocean issues through ocean science. And I'm really lucky today, uh, as this is just launched and there's still uh, a lot of questions around it, and I'm really excited to have uh, one of the main architects and implementers of this GenOcean campaign, Vinny, here to uh, help explain it. So Vinny, thanks for joining us today.
1: Thank you, Taylor. Thanks to everyone watching. it's really a pleasure to be here. Um, we had the opportunity of you know, communicating uh, and collaborating for quite a few years now uh, to try and get word about the Ocean Decade out there, uh, to explore different issues, different topics, uh, you know, identify who would be great to come on the podcast, And so I've uh, been really lucky as well to follow the development from inception uh, of the Ocean Decade show. And it's really uh, a very, very real pleasure to be here as a guest, uh, finally.
0: I know. I know. Yeah. Vinny and I have known each other for now a few years and we've communicated over email. Still never met in person, although we're hoping to make, to make that change eventually at some point. But um, Vinny and his team at the, the IOC, the Intergovernmental Oceanographic Commission Communications Office, have been instrumental in helping figure out what are the correct episodes to have for this podcast and connecting me with guests and helping, you know, figure out the narrative and using this as a real communications tool, this podcast as a communications tool for the decade. And so I'm really excited to talk about another communications tool and campaign in this generation uh, campaign with with Vinny. So Vinny, introduce yourself, tell us uh, who you are and what is your path been to the ocean decade?
1: Absolutely. So you were talking before, and I was uh, laughing to myself about leaving communication to the professionals. Um, I completely agree, (laughs) which is why actually we employ uh, a lot of uh, consultants to help us, you know, navigate this complex world of uh, not just communication but also marketing, social media marketing, and and so on, uh, because it really is uh, requires very specific expertise, and more and more that we have our cell phones and our emails and our uh, social media in general inundated with different calls to action. Um, and it's very easy to, to get lost and to be able to uh, tell, you know, even if it's uh, fake news from real uh, science-based, fact-based news, uh, but also uh, to prioritize, you know, what is the action that we should be um, taking on an everyday basis to become more proactive more responsible, more engaged citizens. So I am communication officer for the uh, Intergovernmental Oceanographic Commission, which is the UN body for the coordination at a global level, but also in the different regions um, of ocean science and how to transform this ocean science into policy instruments uh, informing uh, policymakers and uh, civil society, uh, private sector, and so on on uh, how best to manage the ocean, uh, coastal environment, uh, and the high seas. So we are involved in quite an extensive array of uh, different programs and activities. And uh, the sort of summation of all of this has been the uh, proclamation by the United Nations General Assembly. Of the Ocean Decade, you know the official title being the UN Decade of Ocean Science for Sustainable Development, which from the beginning meant to unite um, the, the the various sectors working for a healthier, more sustainable ocean uh, together with the scientific community, um, making sure that science is no longer just curiosity driven as it has been for the most uh, part of uh, the, the, the life of oceanography and, and other ocean sciences, but that it, it is uh, mission-oriented and strongly connected with what it is that society needs in order to address the complex challenges of the 21st century uh, and beyond. The ocean decade started in you know, January 2021. I'm sure all the uh, listeners will be quite uh, familiar with that. But uh, as you said, Taylor, it remains, um, I'd like to say a little bit less so, but uh, for the most part, a technical initiative. Um, it, it, it is a very institutional initiative um, and you know, started as a UN resolution and then began through a preparatory phase and so on uh, to, to gain some shape and form and to rally a lot of people around it, and not just scientists, but also, um, you know, heads of state, leaders of major, both global and uh, national uh, companies, uh, a lot of uh, people from the philanthropic world, and uh, quite a big array of civil society organizations. So I think uh, today, we can say that the Ocean Decade is truly a global initiative, um, that is no longer just a UN ambitious resolution, but has really gotten a, a full body, uh, whether it's in its global totality, and or whether it's uh, at the national level, with many national decade committees springing up.
0: Yeah, and I think that uh, one of the simplest ways that I've recognized that is the fact that I can say ocean decade now to people and not UN ocean decade, and I still People can connect it to the UN, but they can also then connect it to things that they have heard about or things that they're doing um, actionably on the ground. You know that that simple dropping of
1: those two letters when you're talking about it casually. And and I can tell you, it's been it's been an uphill battle (laughs) uh, to drop. You know, uh, even up to UN Ocean Decade. Um, From the very beginning, we kept saying, from the comms perspective, you're never going to be able to sell this in any critical way if you stick to such a long name as UN Decade of Ocean Science for Sustainable Development. And then parentheses 2021 to 2030. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So I would say that probably the first major um, step that the Ocean Decade took, you know, into being um, reconceptualized and, and better communicated to a general public was to be Uh, you know, allow its name to be reduced to something as uh, simple, but equally intelligible as Ocean Decade.
0: Yeah. And I think that's such a, you know, that little story you just told us kind of uh, reiterates what I had said at the intro too about leaving communications to the professionals and why we need this duality of you know the science and policy people and then you come up with your great ideas and go to your comms people usually too late in the game when you when you're doing your work in the ocean world and the communications people. <laughs> <laughs> are like wait how do you want us to talk about this you can't talk about it like that and so the fact that communications is been interwoven to the formation of the decade and through the launch of these first few years and through you know the the launch of this Gen ocean campaign i think really shows that while you know we may describe it as a technical endeavor and uh, at least in the past the fact that communications has been at the heart of what the ocean decade is and, and needs to be going forward
1: Absolutely. Um, and uh, it just to showcase how much communication has been at the forethought of the Ocean Decade preparation and planning, um, two facts. First, the uh, GenOcean campaign was already, uh, what well, the idea was birthed at the uh, Copenhagen Global Planning Meeting. Um, where for the first time we Is had that a task force in 2019,
0: or in, 2019, 2019. 2019. Wow, yeah. Yeah,
1: in, in May. Uh, so you are about way and a half um, ahead of the formal launch of the decade. And you we were bringing together about uh, 20, 25 or so uh, communicators from different parts of the Decade Committee, so you had um, uh, communication officers from the Norwegian government. Um, you had uh, people from NOAA. Um, you had, you know, uh, uh, Carly uh, Weiner from Schmidt Ocean Institute, who uh, now is the co-chair of the Communications Advisor Group of the Ocean Decade. One of, I think, one of the earliest. Uh, Sort of advisory group to take shape and to really become active in, in the ocean decade is the communications advisory group. So you had a lot of these really early um, uh, uptakers of the ocean decade from the comms community, um, and we kept sort of putting pressure, you know, very kindly um, on our scientific and, and policy oriented colleagues uh, to explain precisely that. If we wanted to do things differently, and if we wanted to have a campaign that was more than just something um, highly technical and on paper, that we needed to put communications at the forefront and not, as you said, as an afterthought.
0: Yeah, I love that the the kind pressure <laughs> is such a you know good way of putting it, and uh, you know emphasizing this importance of communications from the beginning is something that I've definitely noticed uh, from my time working on the Ocean Decade and working on this podcast in particular. And so that's why I was really excited to see this GenOcean campaign launch. Um, And so could you tell me a little bit about the purpose behind GenOcean and this campaign and the origins of it a little bit?
1: Absolutely. I I would put the origin of the idea uh, as to the months preceding the first global planning meeting um, in Copenhagen. Which was a moment when we were starting to get a lot of questions. You know, people were. It had been about a year that we had started, you know, preparations for the decade. Um, There were a lot of uh, uh, the the circle was widening, um, and it was starting to get to uh, a a more general public. And we we'd get emails from citizens um, who were engaged in. One or other type of ocean activity, uh, emailing us at the Ocean Decade at unesco.org uh, public email and saying, "How can I help? Uh, how can I contribute to the campaign? Um, how can it this this be a part of, of my individual action?" And we didn't have an answer. And uh, we'd bring these questions and these emails to the you know uh, weekly um, internal planning sessions and we'd always come out without a, an appropriate answer for how we could uh, bring these people into the decade boat. And so um, at around you know early spring 2019, we sat down and uh, we uh, realized that we, we had to make an opening and that uh, we knew exactly how the ocean decade was gonna engage governments. Um, how it's gonna engage the private sector, how it's gonna engage uh, philanthropies. But we didn't know, we didn't have a, a means, a forum for how it could engage citizens, which is you know pretty much the bulk of people in this planet. Um, so we sat on the idea of a campaign that was gonna be the public facing communications campaign of the ocean decade, a doorway um, into um, the the decade but a lot less institutional and a lot more inspirational then we went to Copenhagen with this idea and we put it before uh, all the group of that group of communicators um, people who had you know been involved in very large campaigns um, so I don't I don't know if readers um, and, and listeners might might um, uh, hark back to the campaign to name the um, a major scientific vessel in the UK. Um, oh, the
0: Bodie McBoatface people were there. Uh,
1: <gasps> so um, and uh, those are some
0: good people you had then from the beginning.
1: <laughs> uh, exactly. Um, so we had people from uh, the UN Environment program, um, who had been you know, uh, very experienced with uh, large campaigns at the UN level, such as the Clean Seas campaign um, and, and others. And we also made some uh, contact, though they did not come, with other folks who had really great campaigns in non-ocean related areas, because we realized from very early on that if we needed to do things differently, we had to really think outside of the ocean realm and to learn for- from others, exactly. Yeah. So we started looking at um, he for she campaign on uh, gender equality. We started looking at uh, campaigns from the forestry world, um, from the, the the sporting world, uh, for from bioethics, and so on. And we started pulling together uh, sort of lessons learned. And uh, when we met in Copenhagen, then we decided that the name. Uh, for this campaign should be uh, Generation Ocean, and uh, because you know, then we, we came back and forth around this, and we settled on the, um, the 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 version Gen Ocean.
0: Yeah, and I think that's such an interesting name too. And reading through some of the materials, it kind of reflects. That because uh, the focus of the campaign is a feeling of unity in the audience, you know, not shaming, which is something that I think is so interesting and I think reflects that name really well because we're trying to foster, you know, through this campaign, a generation of people who care about the ocean in one way or another.
1: Exactly. And, uh, you know, to be honest, when we first came out with the idea of Gen Ocean, we had some uh sort of slightly uphill battles with getting that uh, concept accepted because there was a fear that uh, we were um, putting generations apart um, that nobody really understood what the term generation meant people you know the the people know in general generation to mean Gen Z or Gen Y or the baby boomers and so on. But that's what we uh, ultimately you know, convince both our, our leadership and, and the circles that we're helping to put the, the campaign together together with our creative agency that it's precisely because we're trying to unite all the generations. We have to stop saying you know Gen Z should be doing this, um, Baby boomers you know, screwed things up uh, and, you know, and, and so on. We're all in the same boat and it's time that we start, you know, coming close and and, and uniting as really one generation defined by the fact that we are all alive in the planet today. And so um, this gives us a great responsibility because, you know, we are responsible for the next generations and what we leave behind, but also... In, and I'm saying this regardless of age, whether it's my son who's four years old um, or uh, my boss, and I'm not going to say how old he is because he <laughs> probably listens to this, but... Um, that that the, range, you know, yeah. It, 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 exactly. And uh, with this responsibility comes also a great opportunity because we are probably, you know, in this concept, it's a very generic concept of generation. We're the first generation that have a chance to save an entire ecosystem and to really prevent the ocean from going beyond the tipping point and i know that we've not been doing such a great uh, thing with you know climate um but i think that there's time to turn things around and there's willingness and that's what gen ocean wants to show more than anything is that uh you know people are there they're not lazy uh they're not um uh, lost to the you know thoughtless and and lost to the comforts of uh the 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 perks of uh modern society a lot of people are acting and gen ocean more than inspiring people to act i think is more of a portal to show everyone who's already acting um and of course through that inspire um others to 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 act but i think the campaign really will, um, in due course, break this paradigm, um, of us thinking that, uh, it, it, there's just a level of morosity, um, around us when it comes to environmental action.
0: Yeah. I think that's so important to, to focus on, you know, the, uh, that's something that I've liked and that, uh, Alison Clawson, who many of you know, who who's been on this podcast now twice. Um, the last few times she's uh, posted on either LinkedIn or Twitter about a new episode that's come out. She she talks about this podcast as inspiring, and I think I really like that framing. And it's what I didn't necessarily intend for it to be that way to start, but I now have fully embraced that and love that idea. And I think about Gen Ocean the same way. You know that you're trying to put a spotlight on. Individuals who are already doing great things to help people see themselves in the decade as well by showing people from all around the world and at all different levels who are who are doing things for the ocean, um, and really speaking to that inspiring and engaging ocean, you know, goal of the Ocean Decade through through this campaign. Yeah,
1: absolutely, and I do hope that people will um, come to the campaign with uh, open mind and open hearts, um, and to realize that. You know, the ultimate drivers of change are us, individuals, real people. Whether you know it's uh, me who's sitting you know inside sort of a UN building um, in the middle of all of these uh, negotiations and activities and programs, or someone uh, who's uh, you know down in a in a fishing village um, in the Kiribas. Um, we are ultimately the same because we are all individuals. Um, and uh, it's how we incorporate our actions in the every every day um, and uh, how we bring this to our families and to our close communities. That's, that's where we're really going to get critical mass of uh, change makers. Yeah, I
0: love that. Um, one of the things though that in my time pretending to be a communications person and that I don't pretend to be one anymore, um, that I learned was in,
1: you are, you're never going to be able to get out <laughs> of that. <laughs> Once a communications person. Oh, uh, I know I, I
0: need to go get my, my group tattoo. I still, i Moved that appointment a bunch of times. Um, But so one of the things I learned that's really important is having a specific audience, you know, for your campaign. Um, And so as you were describing it, though, you know, we're talking a range from, you know, your son's age to uh, to the older generations, we'll say it like that. So how do you how does the campaign address all of those different, you know, age range and audiences? And what is what has been your main audience focus uh, at the start of this campaign?
1: That's a great question, and the question that we grappled with, um, um, even having some heated debate within the, the the core campaign team, because when we started off and when we were recruiting uh, the the creative uh, partner who's collaborating and in, in managing the campaign with us, they uh, wanted to know exactly the same, you know, who's the target audience, but like really, and we were responding <laughs> but like really <laughs> yep <laughs> and, and and our response was well it's it's uh, everyone um, and uh, we weren't saying this because you know we didn't understand what they were asking um, but because it, it is the truth about the inclusivity uh, and and the, the sort of in- inclusiveness of the mission of the ocean decade um, which is getting everyone to take action within their means um, and uh, uh, geographic locations. So it was hard uh, coming to grips with the fact that ultimately, we had to uh, tailor. uh, And uh, ultimately, we sort of divided our uh, target audience um, objectives in time, so that we're going to do a big push uh, around the launch to the, um, let's say, low-hanging fruit kind of audience, um, which is a more youthful, um, sort of... uh, Youthful, social media-engaged audience. Exactly. I'll say 15 through 35, which is already quite a big range. Um, oh,
0: good! I already—I still fit in that range. <laughs> God, I'm still youthful. <laughs> and
1: um, uh, people who have a natural ease with social media, um, because you know we segmented the launch into two phases. So we had a first uh, soft launch in on the first of February, which was just on social media. So we got our social media accounts um, out there and started publishing really great, evocative, inspiring. Uh, content, and we have hit, I think, nearly all the platforms, um, including you know the traditional ones, uh, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, but also the less um, mainstream. Is there a TikTok? There's a TikTok. Yes. There's a oh TikTok. Oh my gosh, um, I but, know nothing but, about uh, it,
0: but now I have to look I, it up. I,
1: I haven't yet been asked to dance for it, but uh, I'm waiting to for the moment. It's coming, Vinny. It's coming. (laughs) And there is a Pinterest as well. Oh, wow. Because a lot of uh, GenOcean is about beauty and uh, uh, design and uh, attracting, you know, getting you hooked uh, through the eyes um, as much as uh, with the whole uh, actionable content around it.
0: Oh, yeah. So we'll have to, um, in the... Description of this episode. We'll put the links to all of the different social media pages that are up there for those of you who are, who are uh, on social media. I've already been following the the Twitter and been very interested and inspired. And it's the first the first half of this campaign. You know that launched in February. It's almost like a teaser. You know that you're getting to some of the exactly. really good content. But when is the next phase launching, and what what will that phase of the campaign be?
1: So the next phase actually uh, very happily coinciding when, uh, with with the launch of this episode of the podcast, um, because around the fourth of April, oh, we perfect. will be launching the full interactive website, uh, the really the online home of the campaign. Um, we've already got uh, nearly two thousand people signed up, because um, what we have up if you go into GenOcean.org. Uh, what you see is uh, just a, a welcome page uh, and asking you to sign up for joining the campaign and joining the website and getting, you know, the latest uh, information. Um, so, you know, only through there, we've got about already uh, nearly 2,000 signups. And, um, you know, just in terms of, of reach on social media, I think we have a combined reach of upwards of half a million um, oh my gosh, in, in, in just a month? In, in just over a month. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so it clearly is something that um, uh, comes to fulfill a niche and a need from, from all sorts of uh, people interested uh, in the ocean and who are discovering that they are interested. Because that's also one of the goals of the campaign um, and, and sort of going beyond the low-hanging fruit audience is to make people understand just how connected the ocean is with everything they do Um, and you know getting them to see that the ocean can be cool and it can be fun it can be um, uh, artistic and that it can be a path for them to become more interesting human beings I love it. It's like you're doing PR for the ocean. It's <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We have to put a soul. We have to put a name, and we have to put faces on it, because if we continue communicating just with beautiful photos of marine mammals, um, you know, of uh, penguins hugging, and and uh, I mean, they are a wonderful part of the ocean, but ultimately they are less relatable than just about any human that we put as the forefront of the campaign. So that's why the campaign is really focused on, you know, uh, people, uh, I I don't like the word normal, but, you know, it's sort of, there's not that many words out there to describe it. So we're focused on normal people driving change. Um, and, And just to say that, Change doesn't need to come down from heavens like a deus ex machina, you know, that's going to uh, come and save the world from climate crisis. Um, it doesn't have to come down from government necessarily. Of course, though, government is a huge part of the the, the getting it right. Um, but it, it, it has to come on every day and has to become a, a habit, has to become a good habit.
0: Yeah, just like anything else, I think that that's uh, a really smart approach and a really different approach to, you know, communications campaigns that I've seen from either high level governance, government, like the UN, or even at the, you know, national levels or regional levels around the world as well. Um, and so what is the day to day of running this campaign look like thus far? So what is, uh, you know, for example, what did you do yesterday related to gen ocean other than preparing for this podcast, maybe a little bit.
1: So, um, we are lucky in that we're able to work with a creative partner. Um, so it's a, an agency based in um, in, in the UK um, called Real Media. And I'll say this out there to give them some uh, due uh, recognition for the wonderful uh, campaign they, they, they're helping us put together. And um, so, so today we get together and every week and we sort of say, okay, what should we focus over the next week or the next months? Um, what are the uh, great uh, people who are doing, you know, things about the ocean that we'd like to um, to to recognize in the campaign? Um, what are some of the science-based actions? So, what is science telling us in terms of everyday actions that we need people to start paying attention to and hopefully integrating into their everyday? Um, and uh, what are the cool scientific projects that the Ocean Decade is endorsing that uh, we want people to know more about, and uh, which merit some good PR through the campaign? So we go through uh, just like any sort of uh, newspaper or magazine editorial meeting, uh, and we identify what's going to come up next, um, and we do our due diligence, of course. And you know, working you know with the UN is uh, doing a lot of due diligence um, because we have very concrete, you know, missions And, and, and you and have a lot of stakeholders it, at,
0: as the UN, you know
1: Exactly, and we need to make sure that uh, you know the campaign um, needs to be 100% aligned with what we're trying to do for example, leaving no one behind uh, making sure that uh, uh, we, we, we're showing talking about um, uh, providing um, uh, profiles of a whole range of people, whether it's uh, sexually, you know, from uh, private sector, philanthropies, government, etc., cetera, but also in terms of gender, um, in terms of geography, um, in terms of uh, mainstreaming, you know, uh, uh, an awareness and, uh, of uh, people with special needs, Uh, and so on. So everything comes together and we need to, so my my job in a way uh, uh, of of coordination is to keep keep an eye on these things and making sure that we are uh, aligned with our ideals. Um, And and so uh, it's, you know, much less glamorous than one would think um, it is to run. You could just uh, sit in Paris while campaign. doing it though. <laughs> so that's fairly glamorous. That, I, I would agree. I would agree. And uh, now we, you know, we, we are uh, back at the office. Uh, so I actually get to see some pretty sights uh, <laughs> while doing it. Oh, that's great. Um, but it, yeah, it, it's a lot of uh, reading and writing and rewriting um, all the time. And always striving for the most impactful way of showcasing all of these ideas. Yeah,
0: and knowing that you know this is something that I've struggled with in my in the podcast and in my normal life and job is realizing that uh, no thing will ever be flawless and perfect. And this is a growing campaign and growing to show people, and it will grow with the decade as new priorities arise and new people arise. And so I think that's the beauty of. These longer term campaigns, you know, you're not just doing this for a month or six weeks or something to gin up support for something. It's an effort that will build with the decade as the stakeholders of the decade and the goals of the decade grow.
1: Absolutely. Um, it From the start, we wanted this to be really a 10-year campaign. Um, and of course, it will have different moments. So we will need to refresh it, you know, very quickly continuously but uh, the pillars the overarching objectives will remain the same because they are uh, intrinsically the objectives of the ocean decade um, and we cannot dissociate the two Um, and that's a really important point to to make um, because you know people are uh, they keep asking oh what's uh the ocean decade relative to gen ocean um and uh I just like to make a point for all the listeners that the Ocean Decade really is the main umbrella initiative, um, and Gen Ocean is not, you know, an alternative or or anything separate, but it is intrinsically connected. It is a way to distill the most important, the core. Objectives, vision, mission of the Ocean Decade, and communicated in a way that is not just understandable but also enticing to people who are not part of this uh, small world of uh, uh, international ocean initiatives.
0: Yeah, and I think that's that's a super crucial outward-looking focus of it too. But one thing I had, I was was wondering about in reading over the the campaign is how GenOcean is going to help the individuals who are already working on the decade and working on decade actions and involved in the decade. So what what resources are available to them? How will GenOcean help, uh, you know, facilitate those actions and showcase those actions?
1: Um, so we see GenOcean as a uh, sort of as a campaign, a spokesperson for the uh, programs and projects that have been endorsed by the Ocean Decade, which is why, um, as a as a rule, the only kinds of scientific projects that will be showcasing via the campaign are the ones that have been endorsed by the Ocean Decade, because again, we come back to due diligence, uh, because they they they've already you know been uh, vetted by the best ocean science and ocean management experts in the world. Um, And they are aligned and and they're really concrete um, and not just something that, you know, one of those solutions that happen to appear on social media and become viral and then there's no science behind it. Um, So these are all concrete co-designed and co-delivered scientific solutions for a more sustainable planet. Uh, and so they are bringing together different, uh, communities, not just science, you know, uh, not just, uh, communicators. We, we make a point and in order to be endorsed, uh, all the decade scientific projects, uh, need to show how they are, uh, you know, co-creating, co-designing with, uh, with, with every other community, uh, of the ocean decade. Um, and, um. That that's that's what we do. On the basis of that, we uh, act as a almost as a PR uh, vector for for those projects. Yeah, it's
0: part of the benefits of applying and being an action under the decade or an activity is um, you're growing the portfolio of things that you can offer to these these groups and these people with that official. Ocean Decade stamp, you know. Now there's Gen Ocean that can help them with some of the communications aspects that maybe they couldn't do on their own, or you can reach a bigger, or different audience. That um, that suite of benefits of working with the Ocean Decade is just continuing to grow. I think
1: exactly. And so we have uh, three pillars to the campaign. One is uh, Gen Ocean people. So those are people who are. Um, not necessarily related to the ocean decade, but for the vast majority, yes. Um, and, and they are either, they belong to some of the endorsed actions um, or they have joined as uh, uh, national or regional uh, uh, champions for the decade uh, and so on. And they're really engaged. Then we have a second pillar, which is the gen ocean uh, science which is really talking about the science solutions coming out of uh, the endorsed uh, Ocean Decade Actions. And uh, the third one is the GenOcean Actions, um, which is really providing individuals with a menu of actions that they can take uh, to contribute very concretely to the Ocean Decade, and so these go from really simple things, you know, like uh, replacing your uh, tea bag with 100% plastic-free tea bags, or you know, fully going uh, for tea leaves.
0: Go the loose uh, leaf route, exactly.
1: It, exactly, um, and also, you know, other simple actions are watching uh, specific uh, documentaries or listening to podcasts like this one. And uh, starting a conversation at home or at work uh, with friends uh, over, you know, uh, uh, at your weekly uh, bar night and um, it, going all the way to the more really complex uh, actions, like taking action as part of a citizen science program um, or, you know, doing things that are really hard, like uh, you know, going vegan or um, really drastically uh, diminishing your uh, uh, carbon footprint um, and uh, your footprint on the ocean. So we we hope that people will see this um, as almost like a restaurant menu. And be able to pick what what suits them and and come back you know for another meal, and another meal, um, as they build their own portfolio of actions. Yeah, I love that that
0: image. You know, it's ten years. You have lots of uh, you have many opportunities to eat many meals over the course of the ocean decade to (laughs) uh, enjoy what all the different facets are. Um, I kind of want to zoom out a little bit and talk a little bit more about. (laughs) about you Vinny actually and what because you've been involved in the IOC since before the ocean decade launched and so how have you seen your position and role change as the ocean decades launched and the role of communications overall Uh,
1: it was some some change I I started at uh, UNESCO first as an intern in 2014 and uh, then you know Became a consultant, then left the organization, and came back um, through the young professionals program um, in 2016 to what the, to do what at the time they called uh, the uh, web editor position. And so uh, back then, my only essentially only role was to update the, our web page um, and uh, occasionally do some uh, other. Uh, communication related activity. Uh, though, you know, most people thought that I was the IT guy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's, I, I could see that mistake happening, yes. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, the very quickly, and I think in, in large part due to the efforts put by UNESCO and the IOC um, toward the, the ocean decade. My position evolved uh, very quickly because it wasn't just that the Ocean Decade uh, started becoming a bigger and bigger game um, in town. It's also that through the Ocean Decade and and you know all the uh, uh, mobilization we we did with member states uh, in New York and here at UNESCO. Um, the role of UNESCO on ocean issues and the role of IOC became more and more pronounced. And so our with our brand, uh, our reputation grew, and we were receiving, you know a lot more requests for uh, delivering talks, for uh, partnering, uh, for doing joint communications. And so organically, my role started to become that of, a uh, coordinator of different communication activities uh, within the team um, and working you know, very, very closely with uh, other colleagues uh, in, in partnerships and outreach. Um, and uh, we, we really started seeing how IOC became uh, a much more renowned uh, actor in uh, not just ocean science, but uh, ocean issues in general. Um, And uh, now, you know, we, even outside of the UN, we are recognized as the main UN entity, uh, main coordinator for uh, bringing together global knowledge around ocean science issues. So it's really... Yeah, all things ocean. Exactly.
0: That's so fantastic to... Um, and it's something that I had never heard before either about your path and your journey, which is really f- fun from uh, my personal level. But also seeing that your growth journey reflected, you know, the IOC's growth as well. And you've you've been able to see the decade from the you know inception and the you know glimmer of an idea in someone's eye to now we're in the second full year of the ocean decade and the launch of this really incredible campaign. And I can't wait to see it continue to grow and I think that you have a really I ask all my guests this question but I love your I love your answer and Allison's answers and people who've been around since before the decade was even a thing so what constitutes uh, a successful ocean decade to you you know when we get to 2030 and you're looking back um, and you'll you'll be looking back from more than just these 10 years but you know in the in the planning period as well what would have you look back and say wow this this was a Good use of my professional time, and my my son would be proud. <laughs>
1: um, well, uh, I think on a personal level, I would like to see much more cheerful reports coming out of the IPCC uh, and UNFCCC and WMO about the state of the ocean. Um, by when we get to that point, because you know these days you read those reports and you just want to go home and cry. Um, I know, <laughs> especially the most recent IPCC one. E- exactly. Yeah. Um, but uh, as a professional in communications, I think that what I would call success may actually seem a bit bland. Um, and uh, but but you know, it's because
0: never bland. You
1: you 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 don't realize how difficult it actually is, even getting that much. And that would be if by 2030. Um let's say 50% of the global population was just aware that they've just lived through a decade dedicated to the ocean. Um, I think that that would be my, you know, dream, um, let's say, um, an, an analytics, objective.
0: Yeah, that that metric. And I think that that's, you know, even, I, I love the idea of, you know, at the end of the ocean decade, and this is something I'm just thinking of now, so it might be silly, but asking, you know, a ton of random people on the street, did you know that it happened? And what did it mean to you? And how did you, did you ever think about, ever think about the ocean in the past amount of time, you know? And Broadly asking people what they think is a would be a success or how
1: we build success and what what it looks like to them, and and I think we're on a we're on a good path. Um, we have in Brazil a really wonderful uh, study that is currently ongoing. I think they've already interviewed thousands of people and they're going for a few more thousands. All all over Brazil. Oh wow! Um, this is has been commissioned by the Boticario Group Foundation. They've been one of the uh, really engaged uh, philanthropies uh, in the Ocean Decade. Oh yeah, we just had yeah, um,
0: We just had Janaina on our on the podcast I, last exactly, episode, and, yeah.
1: and and so they've they're doing this really great pilot um, assessment of uh, people's awareness and understanding uh, of the Ocean Decade and of the ocean in general, uh, because you know as as happens in a lot of uh, coastal countries, um, most people don't look toward the sea. Um, and don't see in the ocean anything other than a, a beach day. So if, if as much. And so it's really interesting and I'm looking forward to hearing what comes out of this um, uh, survey of Brazilians, because you know one of the questions is, you know, are you aware of the ocean decade? Um, and uh, even though Brazil has done an amazing job so far of promoting the ocean decade, probably, you know, better than a lot of other countries, Um, and and really getting it to the mainstream press and and to the mainstream public, I still think that the results will probably be quite minute, Um, and um, it would be great to replicate this survey in other countries, and to also follow it through, you know, because the idea is to...
0: Yeah, do it in a couple years, yeah. Yeah, the social science, so- social scientist in me <laughs> loves that idea of being able to track this, uh, this qualitative data
1: over the time too. And uh, absolutely. And comms, you know, communications without social science is just pure hubris. I love that.
0: That should just be the title of this episode. <laughs> <laughs> almost. No, uh, we won't do that. But um it should at least be the tagline of, of this episode.
1: I, I think that'd be good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: So I told I told Janine I wanted her back on to, you know, just chat in general about stuff, but learning more about that survey once they have the results would be fantastic. And getting to, you know, understand how people view the decade in, in one country is just fascinating. And yeah, I wish we could replicate that Everywhere, but I hope that the Gen Ocean campaign will help us on a broad scale get some of that attention out and the word out, and be able to feature these really exciting people doing uh, really impactful things for the the ocean all over the world. Wonderful. Yeah. So, where Vinny can people go to learn more? We'll put the links to the all the social media in the in the description of this this episode, so people can get it easier. But. Uh, Is there one link that you would recommend that people go to uh, that they can easily understand via listening right now?
1: Absolutely. You know, just go to genocean.org. That's G-E-N as in gen, all together with ocean.org. That's our home. And that's where you're going to get redirected to the social media and getting all the information that you might want to uh, join the campaign.
0: That's fantastic. And yeah, this, uh, right after this episode launches, we'll get the next phase of the, of the gen ocean campaign. Uh, so I'm really excited to, to see that and stay tuned. And Vinny, thank you so much for for coming on and explaining not only the the gen ocean campaign, but also, uh, talking with me about communications in the ocean decade. And I, I love being able to feature this, uh, really key part of the decade that, you know, a lot of people don't realize or recognize and, it's how we learn about all the rest of the cool things that are going on is through the hard work of uh, you and the people on your team.
1: Thank you, Taylor. It's really kind. And again, it's a really a pleasure to come in as a guest this time around and uh, to be able to tell a little bit about the behind the scenes. Um, it's uh, quite interesting work and I am you know, very, very happy at the end of the day to be able to contribute um, with my work uh, personally to this initiative. And uh, you know, we keep thinking, you know, where our lives are going to be uh, at the end of the decade, um, because it seems like such a such a stretch. But uh, it's such an interesting and exciting um, moment to, to be working on these issues that uh, you know, two years have passed uh, and it feels like just a wink
0: oh i know seriously (laughs) um yeah we're somehow i'm somehow 16 episodes into this podcast too you know and there's so many more fun stories to tell and i hope to be able to do that alongside this amazing gen ocean campaign so thank you all for listening and we'll see you next month